Welcome back, everyone, to Extending the Play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. John writes for phillyvoice.com. A lot of our episodes and links to the episodes are embedded in those articles in Philly Voice and detailed in the written word from John. So be sure to check out all of his articles there. John also writes for Sports Illustrated at si.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media. And we're available on all of your podcast platforms. So if you missed our previous episode, definitely go back after listening to this or before you listen to this in its entirety because we detailed Carson Wentz, the receivers, uh, and some of the other news and notes regarding the first two days of Eagles camp at the NovaCare Complex. And we teased what we're going to get into here, John, which is Darius Slay, the new Eagles toy in the secondary and finally Jim Schwartz and the Philadelphia Eagles organization seems to have some stability and some top tier talent back there. Yeah. uh, Well, that's certainly the hope. No question about that. You're talking about a a three time pro bowl cornerback in Detroit. I, I, I do think there's a little concern only because, uh, Darius clearly had his worst season as a pro last season. Uh, he is 29, so you start to wonder, is that just uh, a, a bad fit with Matt Patricia? Because trust me, he does not like Matt Patricia, did not like that defense, did not like that coach, didn't want to be a part of that organization any longer. Or is it the start of the descent, which happens kind of quickly in the NFL? So. I think people are holding their breath, crossing their fingers. And then I'm, I'm sure, Ryan, you saw the Chad Johnson tweets uh, when Deshaun Jackson sent him video uh, of some drills before the media was allowed in. And one of them was him just blowing by Darius Slay. So, he, of course, you had the panic setting in and uh, <laughs> people assuming that he's version 3.0 of non the Asamoah or Byron Maxwell. Um, this is a that was a much. This is a much better player than they ever were. Certainly Maxwell, Asamoah was a good player uh, at one point with the Raiders, but in a different type of defense. This is a real or has been in the past. Darius Slay, a real lockdown corner, uh, and Carson Wentz. I mean, that's the positive part to me. Carson Wentz came out and said, this guy's different. And just from practicing, he knows that. I mean, if you think Carson got here in 2016, so if you think about it, how many how many corners have the Eagles rolled through? And if you go from, Ryan, if you go from 2016 to right now, the best corner over that span in Philadelphia was Jalen Mills. <laughs> nothing against Jalen, but that's nothing against Jalen. But yeah. I, I mean, and they won a Super Bowl with Jalen Mills as their best corner, uh, which tells you a lot about Jim Swartz as well. But, um, you know, 
that's the part where you as a quarterback, uh, I mean, you get to practice against these types of guys. And Ronald Darby was probably the most talented corner, but he never lived up to even close to expectations. Um, so he's never went up against a corner like that. And he sees the difference right off the bat. So that part of it's, I think, so positive. And then just the ability that if you are playing a Julio Jones or a Amari Cooper or, or receiver of that nature, you have a corner that can travel with that receiver no matter where he goes. And you don't have to worry about it. Uh, and I think that'll make the secondary corners better. And they're going to be most likely Avante Maddox on the outside opposite Slay and Nikel Roby Coleman as the slot corner. And, and by the way, don't sleep on Roby Coleman because he's a top 10 slot corner. He's the best slot corner the Eagles have ever had in this era. So what does that do? And, I know this isn't brain surgery and any football fan will probably be able to understand what an elite corner does for defenses when he's on the field. But what does that do for this Eagles team? You just mentioned when you're going up an elite receiver on the other side of the ball, you're able to just throw that corner over there and say, good luck. We're confident that you'll be able to do what you need to do um, to, to cover him. Maybe not shut him down. It's really hard in today's NFL that um but nonetheless what does Darius Slay being on the field do for the Eagles compared to not how much of a pressure valve reliever is he well I I think the best part and the biggest part is it gives you options so everybody you know how everybody's always saying Ryan uh, you gotta blitz you gotta blitz well if you got a corner that can cover you can blitz more doesn't mean you're going to do it 100% of the time, but it gives you those types of options. I just mentioned traveling with a Julio Jones or, or somebody of that nature. Well, it also gives you options to say, hey, if it's Amari Cooper, for instance, we'll go in the division with Dallas. And you could say, well, you know what? Uh, let's put Darius on Michael Gallup, completely shut him down. And then we can bracket uh, Amari Cooper on the other side and go about it a different way and just roll a safety over the top of him. Uh, so it, it just gives you so many more options and so many more uh, game planning tricks and, and, and tools in the toolbox to use. And they just haven't had them before. So it is going to be interesting uh, to see how Jim utilizes, uh, and and he'll, it, it'll be game plan specific week in and week out. Taping this on Tuesday, and you know it was interesting to me watching the defense, which had a big day. I think three interceptions and team drills. Um, you know, one of the things he was he was bringing the heat with from the linebackers and. Again, it's one day. In what August. linebackers? <laughs> well, the one thing, you know, the one thing their linebackers can do in theory is is run. they got a lot of guys who can run. Um, the rookies, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, those were two of the five fastest linebackers at the combine. Um, 
Nate Gary can run. He used to be a safety in college. Um, so the guys that they have, even though they're not big, big names, they can run. So if you get them a little bit of open space uh, on the pass rush, they can get to the quarterback pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a whole nother show. The linebackers, I got tremendous <laughs> yeah. concern uh, overall. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, but you can see the ability to do different things, and, and that's what they'll have uh, more of with Darius Slay, certainly, than when Jalen Mills is your best corner. Yeah, the linebackers, we've done whole episodes on them in the past, and I'm sure we will again in the future. But just to touch on that for, for one question and answer here, John, how unique – are the Eagles going to look on defense as far as their linebackers and lack thereof? Like I, I think of just to put into perspective what I'm getting at the Houston Rockets, a lot of this season, at least Robert Covington was playing the five, like they go small ball and the Eagles, you mentioned they're going to do something different and maybe only have one linebacker on the field, or maybe sometimes none in certain passing situations. And I know that's not all that rare in today's NFL, but how many teams are really going to be doing it as much as the Eagles will this season? Um, I, it, the Eagles are already at the top. They were, uh, they were top 10 and, and uh, six plus. So, you know, if you go big nickel, uh, putting D backs on the field, Malcolm Jenkins played all over. Um, and, and I think it's only trending more in that direction. Um, even though Malcolm isn't here, they've, they've constantly talk about you bring up the NBA and how that has shifted to sort of the positionless player. That's what the Eagles continuously talk about. Mm -hmm. They, they use that term with Jalen Mills, with Will Parks, um, with Kayvon Wallace, uh, a rookie safety. They want these hybrid guys who have either corner and safety in their background or linebacker and safety in their background. So they want a, a back seven where everybody can kind of morph into a coverage guy and then you kind of cross your fingers and hope you can find some Malcolm Jenkins who can hold up and run support. And then they look at TJ Edwards. He's their one linebacker size linebacker. That's the one guy <laughs> you would look at and say, okay, even if it's 1975 or 2020, that guy's a linebacker. Everybody else is yeah, a track star, a safety. You know, Nate Gary, as I said, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, uh, who, by the way, has been the big hitter in camp. So he's the ex-Temple star. Um, so there's some excitement there. But – you can tell they've shifted their thinking and it's not in a traditional fashion when it comes to linebacker. No, not at all. And they have the depth this season, at least more than they have in the past. I know they've been dealing with a lot of injuries in recent years, but heading in healthy um, compared to previous seasons when everyone's healthy, it just feels like the depth is definitely there um, where it hasn't always been the case for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, John, we're going to get more into what you see throughout the week uh, as football is underway and the Eagles are in pads. 
But before we go on this shortened episode here on extending the play, I have to bring up the new Giants head coach, Joe Judge, because he already has his guys running suicides and sprints. (laughs) And, dude, John, I joked on Twitter saying that should be question one in the interview. Like, okay, Joe, thanks for meeting with us. Listen, you're not going to make our guys run sprints on day two, right? (laughs) You know, I I agree with you, but that's sort of like – you don't think you have to ask that in the interview? <laughs> point. I, I think that's where you get you get blindsided in real life. Well, I I, I mentioned this on the Tony Bruno show, and and I think you know Harry Mays brought it up, and uh, it's it, Bill Belichick. I mean, has this coaching tree that you would think, if you think about it, this is the best coach in the history of football. And Andy Reid is probably number two in this era. Uh, certainly not number two of all time, but number two in this era. And he's got the much better coaching tree than Bill Belichick. And it's kind of weird. And I, I don't know why. I, I do know because I know Andy better. I do know he takes a lot of pride. So he, he legitimately prepares his guys to be head coaches in this league. Uh, that's just the way he goes about it. I'm not sure Bill goes about it that way. No. Like from, <laughs> from the way I see it, John, is Bill is the dictator. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, the greatest coach of all time. I think that's um, pretty much in – Uh, a common opinion there from most, but he's a dictator and he knows how to, okay, you do this, you do that, you do this, where Andy's more of a delegator. He's going to groom you. Um, That's at least from where I'm sitting, which is far away. So Joe judge gets in there and he has to do an unnecessary flex and make his guys run sprints. That's what I see. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't show. When I see, like, stuff, I, I mean, the two examples to me are Josh McDaniels, another uh, Belichick guy, uh, when he got the head coaching job in, in Denver, and then Adam Gase in, in Miami. Just two really immature guys who weren't prepared uh, for the job. It's a big job. It really is, and and it's – far more than X's and O's that I always talk about. That's it's kind of a small part of the job X's and O's. You, you know what? Even if you're not that good at it, you hire people that are, yeah, you hire people that are, or you just grab somebody else's film that is good at it and copy it. It, it ain't that it's really not that hard. Uh, that part of it, the, the hard part is managing personalities. The hard part is keeping everybody on the same page. This is what Doug Peterson is great at. Um, And you don't do that by alienating the players, uh, you know, from the first couple days in pads. And look, you you saw the same thing with Chip Kelly here. um, And you heard those constant derision. This is a college guy. This is college nonsense. This is high school nonsense. Now, sometimes it's not fair. But perception becomes greater than reality. And I guarantee when one judge pulled that, people were saying that about him, saying this is this is not this is not pro stuff. This is this is this is high school, this is college stuff. 
And that's not good. No, it's not. And, you know, just to, to put a bow on this episode of extending the play with NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. John, we've talked about this before regarding the NFC East, but early on here, but still, we have to feel better about the Giants really not being relevant uh, in this 2020 season compared to the rest of the division. Well, I always say in the NFL, you can talk yourself into anything because everybody's got good players. Everybody's got good players. And with the Giants, you start with the quarterback and the running back. And you start to say if Daniel Jones was, was, you know, people can say what they want about him, but from a from an arm talent standpoint, it was pretty good as a rookie. And, and if he can solve uh, the ball security issues, which is a big if, and something he's got to figure out, well, he can throw the ball uh, around the lot. Uh, he's already proven that. And then Saquon Barkley is – who he is. Uh, I mean, that's if he's not the best running back in football, he's certainly in the conversation. So every team has players like that who can grab that sort of lightning bolt and have a, a great season. And you have these teams constantly that, that come out of nowhere. But yeah, I mean, more likely than not, if you're not making stacking good decisions, uh, on a pretty consistent basis, you're not going to be good, at least consistently. So I think you could say that pretty fairly with the Giants. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, too. So who knows? I think the ultimate equalizer is COVID-19 and the craziness that this offseason uh, has already gone through in the National Football League. Uh, extending the play. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening to our two-part series. If you haven't checked out the previous episode, do so. Carson Wentz and his dad, Bod, uh, Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, and much more there. And obviously everything we covered here, much more the rest of the week. Uh, So stay tuned to Extending the Play. Thank you, and have a great rest of the week. Peace. (laughs) 